Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bull Hagen. And I'm Vicar. And Peter's here. Hey, Pete. Uh, so we're, we're uh, this comes out tomorrow. This is uh, yeah. one of the, the ones that we do that's that's uh, actually right on time. Really timely, right? Yeah. Um, I got a beverage here. Do you have a beverage, Peter? You're probably just having water this morning. Yeah, I'm drinking water. I've got a, a, a Pamplemousse uh, LaCroix. I think that's fancy for um, grapefruit. I mean, everything sounds fancier if it's sort of French. Yeah, it's grapefruit. Maybe it's a different kind of fancy grapefruit that I'm not aware of. If uh, it's a special, a special, uh, like strain of grapefruit specifically, that could be. It's a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, feigning some uh, energy and excitement this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we all. So, uh, Vicar, how you doing? Doing okay. Doing all right. Yeah. His your your time is kind of winding down now. Less than a month, a few weeks left. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's kind of surprising how quickly that's gone. Fast, fast, fast. So uh, um, uh, today will be an interesting show. Um, uh, if you uh, listen to the last episode, this will be a really interesting episode. <laughs> if not, it might be a little confusing. Right, so you might want to listen a little to the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this will be fun. This is like way behind the collar. Like way behind the curtain type of a thing, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. So is this like a meta episode then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Peter, uh, what's a meta? He doesn't know what. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, know I, what I, I know, I know. Um, but that's that's for everyone else. Of or, of or relating <laughs> to the self. Okay. So this is a podcast of or relating to the podcast. But but with with good reason though, because yeah. uh, um, we want to show one that uh about communication yeah about working things through as brothers and and what that looks like in real life so so that being said let's get started with the text what am i preaching on vicar uh let's see here it's <laughs> where are we trinity is it trinity six yeah trinity yeah, six the reading is matthew five so uh so let me quick uh give you some guidance on the the other readings so the old testament readings is reading is exodus 20 the ten commandments uh, the epistle reading is from Romans 6, which deals with uh, baptism and, and being buried with Christ. And it talks about how that, in that, a new man arises again to walk in the newness of life. So the texts deal with, um, especially Jesus' words, I'll let you get to that in a second, yep. of uh, really a law-gospel idea and, and really delineating that out because um we'll go ahead and, and and talk i don't know it's kind of a long one yeah you think yeah, you can the, give the some, whole, some the whole thing just give some highlights of it if you can yeah yeah i actually looked at it ahead this time uh so we've got jesus during the sermon on the mount he's talking about fulfilling the law and particularly this section i'd say focuses on the fifth commandment you shall not murder and dealing with anger and how we're supposed to be you know putting aside that mm-hmm 
and and he so yeah so I think the the, the first part of that is important because he says yeah. I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets but to fulfill them and then he talks about the earth heaven and earth not passing away until it is all accomplished and and he says something very interesting as he gets into this therefore whoever relaxes one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of God so um before we get into the next section, I think it's a very strong nowadays common misunderstanding by a lot of people that to preach the true gospel means you relax the law. We yeah. see that all the time. If you truly love others, then you don't talk about the Ten Commandments. Yeah, L- love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> right. When this says, actually, it is loving and caring— to teach the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And and by teaching the full force of the Ten Commandments, you are not actually hindering the gospel. You when when you actually preach the law, you're one showing exactly how Jesus fulfilled the, that law. It, it teaches you to repent and to rejoice in the forgiveness that you have in Jesus that he fulfilled the law. And it also then is very important in these to learn to in in this this aspect showing love to one another, forgiving one another, being kind to one another, and all those things as it gets through. Um, because I think even though we might, uh, we might, most Lutherans of our ilk might uh, say, well, we, we don't nullify the law, but we do reduce it quite often. Yeah, that's a fairly human thing to do. I, I wonder if this is the right time to insert kind of a counterpoint to stuff Berg has said the last few times with Walther's Law and Gospel not being a homiletics text, I think this is why we use it in homiletics. Because for a lot of us, this doesn't come naturally. This idea Mm -hmm. that the law is a good thing, and there's a right time to use it completely and just lay it on someone. Mm -hmm. And then there's a time where you're supposed to maybe say, okay, you've you've been there, now we go to this next part. Right. Yeah, I think uh, that Berg's... uh argument with that understanding is is the fact that uh, even taking the title law gospel the sermon should be first you give them the law right then you give them yeah. the, the gospel like that's some sort of a, just a formula that you just kind of go through which I still do in some way and but some, sometimes yeah. you do law gospel law gospel law gospel or you do yeah. gospel law you know it's just yeah, one of one of the one of the members here has asked me with every sermon I've given where you know where where's the law in that or where's the gospel in that and I think every time my first part of the answer has been well each text is different you know some have a little more some have a little less like this this gospel text is actually pretty law heavy mm-hmm. compared to say you know a few months ago with the the healing of the Canaanite woman's daughter that's very law that's very gospel heavy there in comparison right. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't want anybody to leave. Yeah, uh, not hearing the gospel, obviously. Right, though. right. But uh, so I think uh, I think I do like Berg's point as far as oh, yeah. it's not just a formula, but you have to know it to be able to preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, as 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 it goes as a technical book. Yeah, Walther's book is not how to preach. It's it's more the philosophy in some ways behind it. Kind of like this. I'll put it this way. Okay. Um, let's say uh, you really want to like uh, know something. You want to become a doctor or a surgeon. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you uh, you have to take all these classes to know very intricately anatomy 
what each part of the body does, how they work, what's important, what's not important, what things cause are dangerous, what things are not. And you and, and so you can know all the things that make uh, the body work. Okay? Yeah. But then you have the art of actually doing a surgery. Yeah. So, you know, so if say you uh you have someone who knows all the anatomy and all those things that 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 would of all the internal organs and everything that is necessary for surgery, it doesn't mean you yet know how to perform surgery. Okay. So all of those texts that you a doctor would know to know the the workings of a body uh, are essential for them to be able to perform surgery. But if if you have a surgeon who knows all the how those things work, but yet they don't know how to I'd actually do it. Do it. You want the pat. You want the doctor, excuse me, to right. know both. Right. And so Walther's Law and Gospel it shows you very intricately how Law and Gospel works, how it can be applied, and all yeah. those things, which is very important. Which to is know. very important. But then when it comes to actually preaching those truths, yeah, then it becomes a yeah. little, little bit different. So that's how I would marriage those two thoughts yeah. that you and Berg are having. Yeah. And I, I doubt he'd disagree with any of that. Right. So in this text, then, um, it really uh, and and it really points then to um, our relations with one another, and how we uh, we talk to each other, uh, and how he says, if you are offering a gift on the altar, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there and go, and and which is really important. In this aspect, as you look at that, if you love God, this is something very important in the Reformation, how do you show love to God? By showing love to others. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so, so yeah, as I look at this, obviously it's going to be a discussion on law gospel. It's going to a discussion, a warning that... Uh, loving and trusting in the gospel does not mean you nullify the law. It means that you rejoice that Jesus fulfilled it, and it teaches you that the law is, even though it kills us, it is actually good. Um, and uh, it usually, it'll probably come with, um, and I do this every once in a while, an encouragement of people to actually look, you know, go through their Rolodex in their mind, and this is something you can do as a listener, who do I need to be reconciled with? Actively yep. think about those things. Um, who is it that you've been putting off from reconciling with that you should? Um, and it can be family, it could be friends. Uh, it happens a lot in families where a, a, you know someone in the family are. I'm just waiting for that other person to come and say they're sorry. But if you look at the text, it's it really is something where you go. <laughs> you don't wait. You go and be reconciled. So, so that's the direction I, I, I'm heading. Um, anything to add to that, Vicar? I mean, I like looking at this, it's like, this seems so straightforward. And I, I always feel like the straightforward texts are harder to write the sermon for. Be, because it's a little bit like, well, just said that already. I, I kind of don't have to say it again. Um, and I, I like, I like it in this sense. Um, because I'm kind of a straightforward preacher, so from from my style, you know, you notice that when when uh, we I worked through your sermon, was it the one yeah. sermon I said, 
you really don't need the first page and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, what What do you miss if you just start here? And you're like, yeah. And and it worked better without it. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad material. It just, it wasn't necessary. Right, because it, it, it got you into to right where you need, kind of right need to be. Kind of like it's happened many times with the vicar where they, they give me a sermon and I ask them, well, what's your sermon about? And they say it like, well, what I'm trying to say is this. And I'm like, why don't you just say yeah. that? Yeah, the, the last, I think the last one was kind of like that. Whereas like the, the point was easier to, to get at afterward, you know, after going through it once. It's like, yeah, there's an easier way to, to do that than, than right. what there was. Right. All right, well, that brings us to, uh, I guess, our next discussion. Do you have a top 12 list for this, by the way? Um, we could do that after it. Okay. So uh, we have a little, what, what word would you describe? A little kerfuffle? Sure, let's, let's go with that. It'll make people look it up. A kerfuffle. So uh, where, um, so Peter and I, uh, we were feeling rambunctious a week ago. Wouldn't you say, Peter? Indeed. And uh, I, by the way, this is first, I had some great leisure time. And what leisure time does is, is uh, it makes you, if you do it right, you kind of really want to get back. And yeah. So, so it was the second episode I hadn't been on yet. And I wanted to be a part of the episode. Understandable. And uh, the episode had already been recording. And so uh, the producer and I came up to this idea, hey, let's still be on it. So we did a, a running commentary, and probably we should have checked that with YouTube. But time was of the essence. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Thinking about it now, it's like if there had been just one or two more words, it, mm-hmm. it, I think it would have clarified it. I, I'm not sure my reaction would have been quite as intense, mm-hmm. but it would have made well, so well, much more sense. So yeah, well, we, we should explain this. We a need bit to explain more, what so. happened. Okay, go ahead, Pete. So we recorded the episode. And we didn't tell anybody, thinking, hey, it'll be funny because, A, half, like, Berg probably won't even realize until we talk to him next that we did it. And uh, possibly Vicar won't, but I think Vicar's wife would and then let him know. So, but that'll be funny. Uh, so we'll just do that and we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next episode. It'll be, it'll be funny. So uh, we put that in. Uh, side note. <laughs> Not that this helps the the situation at all, but that took a long time to edit. <laughs> <laughs> the constant starting and stopping of the one episode into the other one. Uh, like two, two, just, re- uh, two recording sessions. Me like annoyingly asking him to throw music. music. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, right? So we posted it, and then what we what happened Sunday morning oh, after we after we posted the video. So I'll be honest, I, I could, I noticed that Vicar was a little off on Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little thrown yeah. and I didn't know why. <laughs> I had no idea why. Yeah. Because I had no idea how to, how to discuss it. Because I made, and I think I'll say it this way. I made the mistake of listening to the episode before service, which I probably shouldn't do in any case. Right. <laughs> just because that's, that's about an hour's worth of my mind's off track. Especially, you know, and I will say this, one thing I've really learned about doing a podcast, and maybe you've noticed this too, Peter, and you've certainly noticed, yeah. it, is, uh, it is a very vulnerable experience. Yes. And, and, and one thing we've done here is we've leaned into it. Yeah, which, which is probably one of the major strengths of 
this podcast. Like in the long run, yeah. That we're like allowed a, to be kind of human? pull back, yeah, the veneer. What do pastors wrestle with? Yeah. What kind of struggles do we actually have? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, most most uh, Christian podcasts are very polished. You know, this is what we're saying. This is what you do. Yeah. And it doesn't get really. I don't think a lot of them get into the nitty gritty of how pastors relate with each other, the struggles we have, yeah, the joys we have in a really interesting way. Yeah. Which I think is what Hannah has expressed she likes. The yeah. Really behind the collar stuff. Yeah. And and when it works, it works great. And what happened last week, I think most appropriately is called a miscommunication. Because so, it wasn't So, so because, what happened? Yeah. So we the service ended. I was actually in town. Uh and so I walked out. I was one of the last ones out because I was in the back with my mom. And uh I I gave, you know, me and Bullhagen just giggling to ourselves recording the episode. We thought we were funny. And so I kind of <laughs> give a little grin to Vicar and I say, hey, did you listen to the episode at all? And what'd you say? Yeah, that I, I made it about 12 minutes in and probably broke the Eighth Commandment five times. <laughs> and and I was and you were like straight faced and like yeah. pretty, pretty upset. I could kind of right. tell. And I was like, and he, uh, oh, he he like looked at me in the eyes for about 10 seconds straight, which he's never done. <laughs> like I'm not sure what this means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To 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 go back to the point that you know we lean into the the allowing to be vulnerable. What happened was in the podcast is you pegged one of my vulnerabilities, and what I heard initially, and this and this is probably where the problem is. What I what I heard initially seemed like an attack, mm-hmm. and so my knee jerk reaction was defensive. Sure. Which was to be completely honest, an overreaction. And can can I ask you what was what was the thing that that uh, yeah uh, triggered what, you? What triggered me? Yeah, if we can, if we dare to use that word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we were we were talking the text. We had just got done reading it, and Berg looked at me and asked, you know, what I would do if I were preaching on it. And you were completely right, Bullhagen. What my react, where my reaction was coming from, you know, that I didn't know that I was actually going to preach the text mm-hmm. yet. This was what, three weeks ahead. Something like Something that. Like, yeah. It was, it was ridiculously far ahead. And also I was on the spot suddenly in front of Berg, who I knew already had thought of the text ba- based on how he asked the question. And, 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 and I think and I was said on the in, spot. In, yeah. in our, in our commentary, we said, so Berg knows exactly what he wants to talk about. How long are we, is he going to make them flub around until they hit yeah. his point so he can start talking? <laughs> yeah. So, and I had, to, and I just had this one moment of, you know, it, it came out as a sigh and it was literally, I just was trying to gather my thought mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the commentary made it sound like, like you were, like you were finding it to be humorous, which is my misinterpretation. That's where, and that's where everything went wrong. Right. Because what I found humorous is, yeah, and, and we've talked about this, yes, is, is a fact that I find Everybody, people can, uh, Peter can vouch for this. I find personalities to be fascinating. Yeah. And endearing. So, like, if someone has a quirk or something, you know, like when Berg, he, he is so interesting. And, 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 and that's what I love about doing a podcast with him. Right. Um, and I love, I love working with Vickers who have all sorts of different personalities 
that I find very fascinating and they are endearing to me. And so, so what you t- thought was an attack on you, yeah, was really actually for my part was born out of of care. You yeah. know, those tense moments that a vicar has, not in a mean way. Yeah, yeah. If if you if you had said you know that that it, you know instead of just it brings me great joy, <laughs> but that it brings me great joy to to see him so honest. You know, right. like because then it would have been like okay. He, it's it's the it's that seeing the the personality side, mm-hmm. like it still would have been like, uh, I don't like that you're prodding at me like that, but mm-hmm. I get it. It's I still probably would have been a little bit salty about it, but not quite as as angry about it. Right. There still probably would have been a discussion. It would not have been the kerfuffle that it became. <laughs> so so I. Uh, Bullhagen and I walk, uh, came home from church and we talked about it for a while and we were like, I feel like we were okay. Did we do something wrong? I mean, like, and that, that's, a, that's a vulnerable part yeah. on our side because it's out there. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, not only if it's something out there that you were very uncomfortable with and then I don't want to be like the mean guy who's just like, yeah, the, like yeah, the beating point, people up yeah, or something. Yeah, the point of the like, podcast isn't to be like, right. you know, to, and, to and upset truth be told, people, yeah. for, for the listener. Um, sitting in the chair by Berg and I, and Peter actually, can be a little intimidating. Yeah. Berg, because he he is a living a dictionary. Oh, yeah. Right? Me, I'm a little physically imposing. Yeah. Well, you're also the supervisor. And the supervisor, <laughs> right? And it could be a little brash. Yeah. I say what's on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But for in my mind, all that stuff doesn't work for me if I don't also show my own vulnerabilities, which I try to do as well. Yeah. I, if I'm making fun of the fact that I have attention issues. I'm not a good <laughs> reader, for example. <laughs> you know, I lean into that. Because so I think... Go ahead. So, because I think a lot of times, and we've talked about it, is, yeah. is because I have my quirks, you have your quirks. Yes. To be, it really helps people when you're open and honest about those quirks rather than putting up a veneer right and then yeah people not understanding and i'd like to think that i've usually done a pretty good job with mm-hmm. that it's a little harder on a podcast since it's an sure. audio medium and i'm not a very audio person mm-hmm. but yeah it like i said the knee-jerk reaction was it sounded like it was just a cheap joke which like that was like i said i wasn't even fully i wasn't even fully listening properly mm-hmm. and even and i'm not even sure in context i could have if I didn't know any of the background, I could have gotten that figured out. Okay. Sure. But so, yeah. so anyway, Bullhagen and I are at home, right? And we're talking about it and we feel terrible, but we're all, we're also trying to figure out like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Cause right? we don't want to do it again. It. Yeah. We're talking about it off and on all day long. And I, then Hannah, and, we get a text then, from Hannah. So Can yeah, you read that so, text from Hannah? The, yeah. 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 <laughs> Bullhagen's, you always come wh- up with new ways to leave me speechless. <laughs> so, again, me and Bullhagen are in the throes of guilt and also trying to figure out what, what we did wrong and also trying to figure out what we should do, right? So I immediately reply, what's that supposed to mean? Kind of prodding Hannah to say, like, okay, what's Because we're, we're, we're really, we're really yeah. like, like I joked about you fishing. We're fishing here. We're like, we're yeah. fishing. Uh, yeah. And while this <laughs> is all... And while this is all going on, I'm still you're stewing, gr- grappling with it. Which, for me, 
works kind of in the opposite direction because the longer I stew on it, the more pressure it's going to end up being. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, I, I don't want to out Hannah too much, but she says something. Uh, You're so innovative, always pushing the boundaries of what a podcast is, showing what's behind the collar and under the podcast producer hat. Real talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then can uh, you read the next? Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Because so here, I, I, here I am still still frustrated. Yeah. And then, right. So so Vicar drops a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> this is. Vicar drops I mean, this bomb. Uh, I'll admit, I've never been really afraid to like pull the pin on a hand grenade in this sort of situation. But it's usually one of those things where it's really hard to walk back from. Right. 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 So this is now Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, so it's been going on for 24 hours now. Everybody's been stewing on it. Vicar says, if we're going to call the additions to last, week, last week's episode innovative or real talk, then I probably won't avail- be available for the next recording. What happened was condescending and rude, and it was done publicly. So clearly, we worked through that since I am here at the next recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> which is why we're, and, which and is we're, why we're talking and about my, it. Yes. Our point is, hopefully, is not that we're just really self-involved in here. No, but it, what I, it is is because of the text we've talked about about working through things. Yeah, going to your brother. Yeah, I want to use this as an opportunity to say, you know, this at this point could have really blown up oh yeah it could have been a lot of places it could have yeah oh yeah depending on which way it could have gone we could have like like i could have i could have said i was done and called it quits right and like it could have been the end of my vicarage and a vicarage supervisor could have said that's insubordination yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that yeah that was a very aggressive thing for me to send well and even then you could go a layer above like Oh, the uh, the person who watches the supervisors goes, oh, you're mistreating your vicar. What are you doing to this guy? Yeah. Right, Although I don't right? think he was paying much attention because he's been doing a whole lot of other career-related stuff now. So That's true. Side note. <laughs> so so, uh, so that yeah. led to... A couple to... more discussions happened. We talked a little bit more. And yeah. uh, Bullhagen called me again. We talked a little bit more about it. And we said, let's pull the episode for now. So... Because Hannah had a, Hannah had another one that she thought that maybe there could have been parts that were inappropriate. Yeah, but I didn't know if it was she thought how much she thought it was inappropriate at the time or inappropriate now that she saw now your that, reaction because yeah. she's on the chain, right? Would she? So you know what I'm saying? If she's trying to help yeah. you feel better, like you're not, because I can imagine because K- Hannah's a very caring heart. Yeah, she wouldn't want you to feel alone in yeah. your feelings. Well, and and to and. And just the way that her text was worded could go either direction. Like I was even stewing over. It's like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) does she think this is good? Or is she kind of like that backhanded sort of compliment where it's like, well, that was interesting, but you probably shouldn't have. And I, I'm not even sure her answer clarified it. (laughs) So yeah, she needs some cookies. We have to get her cookies. We actually, we actually do. I mean, she stepped up. (laughs) She stepped up. She proved that she was more than just a listener. There. That was, yeah. That that <laughs> that uh, definitely helped our conversation along. That's for sure. Yeah. So so I like, imagine talk about intimidating. You know, she's respectful of pastors, and she doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah. So so we pulled the episode, and well, so really, if you were listening, you're like I, I, it was here, but now it's gone. And I think right. someone posted, "Hey, I tried to find your episode. I couldn't find it. Well, it's back on now." Yep. Yep. And so, so we pulled it. And then uh, my personality style, like in a situation like that, is I want to go fix it. Yeah. So I uh, said, hey, text Ed Vicker, can we talk about it? 
um, because that's my, I guess, how I like to do things. Yeah. And I'm not sure you were ready to talk about it yet. Probably not completely. Mm-hmm. Because the different, because I'm probably the exact mirror opposite. It takes me quite a while to, I guess, gather all of the appropriate thoughts mm-hmm. and to to find that clear path through it. So, what was I think the biggest thing? I think um, on my part, I should have maybe been more kind in in my commentary um, and realized that even though in my mind it came off as a from a place of your endearing qualities, right? Yeah. Because I find personalities interesting and, yeah. and joyful. That uh, and to, you have to be honest though. That sigh is such a perfect sigh. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, yeah, co- yeah. the comedic, yeah, the comedic sound no, you, of that perfect yeah. and raw emotion. Yeah, you were uh. you were not you were not wrong in how you pointed it out. <laughs> I, I I can agree with that. It's like I was listening to this real time, and that little gem just like. And since you've been spending on, enough time catching that stuff, you understand exactly what it meant. Yeah, no, it, you, you weren't wrong. That's. That's maybe the point. <laughs> so I, at this point, by the way, I am also, because you had mentioned that you, you, you thought that Berg would be really upset too. I'll admit, I, I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of surprised because it did, I did think that the commentary, at least that, the, that first like 15 minutes worth, it's like, they're kind of doing a whole lot of stuff that sounds like it's poking fun at everybody. Right. And I, I kind of couldn't see how someone wouldn't be like at least a little bit perturbed at it mm-hmm. but eh, maybe that's just me yeah and so berg actually listened to it then yeah <laughs> and he said no i don't think there's anything offensive here he didn't I'm on his part at least yeah he didn't give you a suggestion for better music no he said that he actually <laughs> when he heard the i mean i could see him doing that right but part of it is too like berg's been elbow deep in this podcast from the very beginning yeah and he understands that yeah that, uh, like I've said before, a podcast just by myself would be horrible, and a podcast with just him would be interesting, but it wouldn't quite have the pizzazz that we each bring to the table. It, it, w- it would be a bit more we academic sounding. We need each other. Yeah. So so he under- he under- really understood that aspect of it. And so yeah. he said when I, when I brought up the hoity-toity music, he said he, he laughed. You yeah. know, he thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll admit, I wonder how much my reactions just that kind of look over my shoulder aspect of vicarage mm-hmm. where it's like, how, how are people viewing me? And I feel like I haven't quite gotten over that. Okay. Which is, which is part of my th- thing I have to do as a supervisor. I have to point out yeah. how people are viewing you yeah, yeah. in an accurate way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so um, then we had, uh, I think at the heart of the issue was, and and if you've noticed this, I really wasn't gonna get a re- uh, give it a rest until I wasn't just gonna let this sit and stew. No, you know, which is the the temptation. The temptation would be okay. We have this thing; it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, we'll just get through the next month or so. Yeah, but I wasn't gonna. I'll admit, I wasn't really gonna want to do that either. Right. Like there had to be some sort of res- resolution to it, and the sooner the better. I think the the biggest thing was, um, for you, is um, 
Well, one, we did point out some of your vulnerabilities. Yes. And that's not necessarily fun. No, it's it's never fun. Uh, and uh, two, I think I, I, I try to do that on Vicarage so the for the sake of sometimes I run with Vicarage Vickers former Vickers where everything is they're not pushed so much in some directions that make them uncomfortable and so when they're pushed in a direction as a pastor it becomes very uncomfortable for them because they never experienced that kind of pressure before so there are certain times where I actually purposely put the vicar in some uncomfortable situations to get them through those where you have the protection of me knowing that's going what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So I yeah. know certain times that <clears throat> a vicar's gonna might react or be uncomfortable. And so I'm aware of that. Yeah. It's it's kinda like conditioning. Right. So if for example a vicar I push him to the point where they might overreact about it, I'm not angry. It gives me something to talk yeah. about, I think this incident, particularly, yeah, as uncomfortable as it was, has been a huge growing moment. Oh, it has for you. It has. Um, and so, uh, but the biggest thing is, I think, uh, something we all do. That is, uh, reading the intentions of someone else. Yeah. Right. You're you're you yeah. you read into it. It I, was just a cheap laugh. Yeah. If. Yeah, if I had taken it just at face value, which was probably the best way to go with it, I mean, I could still probably call it just a cheap laugh, but it's like, it's just because that's just what he finds interesting. Because I think you sound fast, you were kind of surprised when I said that, uh, when I said uh, it's because I actually care about you and it was an endearing thing. Yeah. And that's why it brings yeah, it, me joy. It took a bit to unpack that. But it, it and thinking back now, looking at everything, trying to examine everything, it's like okay, that actually makes that makes some sense now. Mm-hmm. That actually explains quite a few different things that I've seen. There, it's like okay, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And so after their discussion, um, uh, you had some more time to think. Yeah, and you wrote a letter to me, which I didn't quite understand completely. Yeah, part of the so part of that, and that's why I've actually got a top twelve. I have, like, this is actually difficult for me to do, you know, verbalizing. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, I, you know, I've done some public speaking classes because it's difficult. I've joked that, you know, the, the podium or the lectern is actually the scariest piece of furniture because public speaking is not fun for me. And so being able to, on the spot, think and speak is not always the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. However, writing it down is much easier. Mm-hmm. So that was part of why. Also, because I knew it's like if I'm writing it down, I'm less likely to fly off the handle, and then probably say something that is going to get me in trouble. Right. And this close to the end of Vicarage, I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> At least if I can help it. And um, but I think one thing that the that was good about it, even if you hadn't given me the letter, it was a way of processing. Yes. Because yes. not only do you process while you're writing the letter, I think it, what you actually did was, after you have re- read it, wrote it, you did more processing about what you actually wrote. Yeah. Is that kind of what it went? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Used it kind of like as a vent in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because cause after, I'd say probably by that afternoon, it's like, yeah, I was actually pretty calm about the whole thing. 
Okay. It's like, I, I think I'd come to grips with it. It's like, okay, I, I get it. I get where they were going. There's no reason the podcast has to stay off. It's like, and I'm not, I, by I'm not way, quite sure how to resolve it pro- like in terms I, of the interpersonal relationship yet, but that's okay. We can figure it out. And I was, uh, I was, uh, didn't, I was not going to put the podcast on without your blessing. If you felt that way, uh, you know, I was not going to put it on. Right. I think you even offered to edit it out. Right. Right. But then there, it'd probably be a little bit odd and that's more editing work for Peter, which is not fair. Not at all. Especially after in the yeah. future, if there's something like that, guys, let me know. And I can, if you want it cut out, I can do that. It's yeah. a little bit of wizardry, but it's, it's what I have to do. But you're our wizard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm the wizard, so it's, it's and, my responsibility. And by that point, we'd already talked enough about it that, like I said, I've, I, was, I was at peace with whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And I'd, got, I'd expressed what it was that I had not been able to, because that's the biggest thing I've struggled with, being able to actually communicate. And it's like, you know, we've got an opportunity here. All right. So I think this will be a, kind of a thing. Yes. An interesting thing. Okay. As we go look at this then, uh, I want to talk about what did I learn about you and what did you learn about me? <laughs> so. Okay. All right. What I learned about you is um, I, how deeply you think about those things and how much you actually wrestle with those discussions more than I thought. Okay. And, uh, um, and so, uh, and how much you care about your work and your job. And, uh, um, and so for me, uh, this whole thing, you know, the whole thing was not fun. You know, I was upset. You were upset. Yeah. Peter was upset. Berg was mostly confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hannah was probably a little... I don't know. Oh boy, what did I step right. into? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised Bert didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, if I'm well, Bert, I'm not touching that. Are you kidding? <laughs> eh, guess, yeah, good point. And so, um, there were in the process. Uh, well, so I never asked. What did you learn about me? Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest thing is, you know how genuine everything you're saying actually is because like you said i i am always trying to read into what what's being said Mm -hmm. and my assumption which was wrong was that whatever you're saying there's something there's something more than just the face value Mm -hmm. and there's very few times where it there is anything beyond that like you're you're open in a way that i've never been able to quite achieve yet and I'm not I'm not a manipulative person. No, you know I'm just you. you I raised you that way, kind of like where I didn't. You never really were left wondering what Dad really thinks. Yeah, I think uh, either either you taught me to do the same, or it's genetic because I'm the same way. I speak what's on my mind, and you always know how I'm feeling. Well, you you have you have two very, very open conversationalist parents. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a lot of, you know, just the environment you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I can look at my home life growing up, you know, my dad is even quieter than I am in a lot of aspects. So it didn't come, you know, naturally as example. Mm-hmm. Now that me being open like I am, it also has, there's, it also comes with the responsibility to not just be blunt in the sense of, 
Um, if, if, if people don't, if it comes from a place where, and I guess what bothered me kind of most about that incident, if I'm honest, yeah, is the fact that, um, that you somehow thought that I really had some sort of ill will against you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, uh, and that's, and that's, I'm not even sure how to explain how I got to that. Cause I don't, there is nothing, I don't think there's really anything I can look back on the, this past year that would clue me into, yeah, that's what was going to happen. Like, I'll admit, your sense of humor, I find a little weird. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get the, I don't get the baby mask. Yeah. I, I can honestly admit that. Yeah, that's fine. But, but there's nothing really that says, oh yeah, he, yeah, his, his sense of humor is malicious. No, maybe maybe a little childish, but Child, not, but, but yeah. not malicious. But I, I don't I don't uh, you know the, the entire year I, I try to show a lot of care for the vicar and yeah. his family. Yeah, and uh, and so the, to think that somehow I want something bad to happen to your ill will is yeah. not really. Yeah, yeah. So I I very much learned the lesson of I shouldn't just jump to conclusions. I should have found a way to ask about it first. mm Hmm. And that's another thing I learned. It's like, like I I struggle with being able to, you know, to start the conversation with people, and you know, you're not as unapproachable as I'm always afraid of. And some of that's like I said, you're my supervisor, right? There's this part in the back of my head that's used to, okay, you know, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. Going, you know, just chit chatting with you is not, you know, necessarily normal, which isn't accurate. This is this isn't like some sort of, you know, regular job somewhere that you know there's the boss in his office and then you mm-hmm. know, all the peons on the factory floor. Right there, there's a school of thought of vicar supervisor relation that uh, you know where there should be some distance. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm you can you've been able to tell I'm not of that school. No. Because the the, the idea is if you get too close to the vicar. It prevents you from being honest with the vicar. And to me, like, I'm just the opposite in the sense of if I'm kind of open about the vicar, what's going on, and if he can actually see that I want what's best for him, and he can see my intentions that I actually truly do care about the vicar and his family, yeah, then they are actually going to take what I say a little more seriously. A yeah. little more seriously. Like it's not gonna be like, oh, he wants me to do this. It's kind of like when I go through a sermon and say, uh, uh, whenever I ask or suggest edits, uh, my first question after all those or before I leave the, your office is, I say, um, do you think that makes it a better sermon? Right. Where I don't just want you to change it and then not agree with it yeah. and push through. I want you to sh- see that I care about you and what you're preaching, and I want you to be confident about what you're preaching. Yeah. So in the same way, when it comes to, to the way I like to mentor a vicar, I, I like for it to come from a place that that uh, they don't have to trust my motives or what I'm trying to do so much as, yeah. as uh, I can be honest and open as a friend would. Not that I'm like your best friend or your bestie, you know, I'm not sure if, like, uh, we were at the sum together, we would be hanging out all the time together. Probably not. You know, because I'd be on the basketball courts in the weight room. And yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's the, the joy of, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Of of yeah. And and that's one of the great things about this location, whether we're, I'm talking the the congregation itself or even just the circuit. One of the things I kind of expected was I'd be treated like an assistant, basically. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm pretty sure everyone's treated me like a colleague. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the congregation has treated me like I actually know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which has been great for, you know, the confidence side of being able to do, you know, the tasks of learning this. Mm-hmm. Because the, 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 thing, the humbling thing about Vicarage is if you have insecurities about stuff, they're going to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such as last week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad I have the camera because I, I looked at Vicar and he had like PTSD eyes staring off in the distance. <laughs> when? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like to think that I'm easy to read, but I really don't know. Well, and also, I I just, when I'm processing, I stare off into space and it's that thousand yard stare. And then it doesn't help anybody. Right. Kind of an example, kind of like the, we went talked about that stare, right? Yeah. Yeah. You stared at me for a good amount of time. Yeah. And you thought you were sending a very clear message to me. Some some of it was I was actually trying desperately to take the time to calm myself down. Okay. And to think through words instead of actually just blurting out what was on my mind. Sure. Because doing so right after service while there's still congregation members within <laughs> 10 feet of us, <laughs> I really shouldn't prove that I do know how to swear like a sailor, <laughs> especially not while vested up. <laughs> Okay. Probably not appropriate. So, but I, I, I like how you wanted then to use this podcast up as an opportunity for others to yeah. learn about, you know, for me, uh, um, because we each have a different viewpoint and how we, we react to situations and people, uh, I have a tendency to think, if I think it's funny, well, obviously everyone has to think it's funny. Or if, if, if someone took offense, if I wouldn't take offense, then someone else shouldn't take offense. That's that's kind of the wrong way to go. Yeah, and I think you too, in the same way, thought because I would, if something happened to me, yeah, if it'd be offensive to me, if someone poked fun at me, yeah, I would laugh. <laughs> yeah, you know, so so that that was a dis a little bit of a disconnect too, but at the heart of it, um. Going back to this text, we weren't going to use it. We we made an effort to make sure that one we grew from it, oh, both yeah. of us, and we made sure that that uh, we use this opportunity to know each other better, to to make um, the rest of Vicarage go. It's going to go even better now. Yeah, and I think as hard as that was, um, we use that awkward, difficult situation. Uh, to become better, yeah, um, and to better understand. Not to, we 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 made a conscious effort not to allow that to be something that you know tears us apart. And and that's why we wanted to talk about it on the air, not to be so self-involved, but to maybe show how these things that could have gone bad. Oh yeah, uh, how with understanding and talk and care and concern for someone else uh, can lead to actually better outcomes. Not that you should seek those arguments so that you have them, but when they right. do come up to use them. Yeah. Is that something you learned? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's part of why I, w- I was perfectly happy with doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, you know, it's like if 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 anything else, it's going to help someone else. And and you know, if you're and, and I, I think I told you this, you know, it's important then as a pastor sometimes to every once in a while to be able to talk about your vulnerabilities yeah. so that people don't misread them. Yeah. You know, so for example, um, you know, I've, you know, I've made a well aware, I think people know when I talk about my attention issues or whatever, Yeah. that I don't just joke about it on the podcast, <laughs> you know, um, not, you know, I do t- not, not in a, I don't, I don't joke about it as hard in places. Right. But I am willing to, at times, show some vulnerability, not using it as an excuse, but so people understand and don't misread certain things as me being malicious yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, I th- and I think we talked about how you can be quiet. Yeah. People, if you don't say, I'm a quiet person or, yeah. you know, some of the things I do in small talk are hard for me or whatever. If you don't say those things, people will just think, oh... He's quiet. He does he really yeah. care? Yeah, I I have I have a feeling the last couple months I might have got out of that habit a little, and that might be some of what you know added some edge to the the reaction I had. Because mm-hmm. I'm usually open enough about about this being right. a challenge, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason the last couple months I I think I might have been a bit in a like a rut in terms of just mm-hmm. work related stuff and doing everything, and maybe some of it's because of the the two weeks where you were out and I was here. And it was just easier to be like, okay, blinders on and just do what has to be done and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of yeah. neglected the bigger picture in a, a few aspects. So, yeah, I think it's a marvelous example of, of that. Yeah. So, uh, Peter, would you like to put a bow on this? Well, yeah, and I think um, as it's, it's, that wasn't a fun thing to go through, it's great that we've, we're through it now. I yeah. think we we almost have a playbook for if this happens again on a podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling you're not going to run into someone quite as introverted as me. Oh, <laughs> maybe not next year because we we know who's coming next year. But that's true. You never know. All sorts. So so that being said, do you think that being on the podcast ultimately is a positive thing for the Vickers experience? I think so learning yeah and like i said pushing you in certain directions yeah yeah i think it is okay oh and i, Our, I wanted to say bullhagen i think you learned a lot as far as um how to get closer to your vicar so what we know now is um for the next vicar immediately do what we just did and then everything goes a lot quicker and then you've got <laughs> right like you know well, he's not gonna have to deal with any pandemic lockdown stuff right either, nine or so ten that... months of like really good bonding time instead of just the one month we're gonna also have so <laughs> at the very beginning of vicarage get him really really mad and like really yeah yeah i'm not and then sh- hammer it out i don't think you want to do that with the next guy he's a hunter <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh thank you for that discussion i hope the listener found it interesting and I want that to motivate you, listener, to 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 seek out and to be mindful of of healing and mending relationships. So, all right, that brings us to a top twelve list that Vicar gets to do. Yay, Peter! 
play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. I'm an introvert. And I, as I joke, I, I'm a terminal introvert. That's because the last time I took the test with the personality thing, it was 100% introverted. I think I might have even put that in my first email. So the whole the whole idea that you know this is uh, twelve tips for encountering an introvert in the wild. Number twelve. Be patient. Uh, people think they are patient, but most of us who are Americans are really bad at being patient. Uh, with an introvert, being patient means it might take more than five minutes to answer to your text, even if you're just expecting a yes/no response. Being an introvert means uh, often being introspective, and that means thinking through what they will say or write before they go for it. Uh, it also means that when you they do speak, there's a good chance it will not be a quick statement. So sit, sit back, listen, and let them finish their thoughts, which I think we've seen a lot with Berg. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, uh, uh, my personality is not to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think ultimately that is a human thing, though. You know, for example, we had a, a like a bear patch in our lawn. I planted some grass seed. Yeah, I literally was looking. Is it growing? Like for like for days, like. A couple times a day, I'd like look out the window or go to see. Like two days after I planted, it's not going to be growing yet, but I'm checking. Is it growing? Is it growing? And it grows a little. Like, is this going to be a lawn? Is it not? It looks so thin. You know, like checking, checking, checking. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> on Christmas, uh, and I, I I give presents, you know, for Christmas too. Yeah. What do I, I want them to open my presents that I got for them first. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Okay. <laughs> Number eleven. Don't interrupt. Uh, another. Uh, un- okay. Yeah, what another un-American thing, uh, especially with all of the social media. Uh, and while social media has been a great advantage for introverts to communicate, the rapid-fire way that it works uh, can often leave them behind, uh, especially when you see those three dreaded dots that show someone's commenting. Because yeah, you know, as soon as you see the three, you know that that or the quick comment, Ellipsis, it kind of right? shuts off. Oh yeah, dot dot dot. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit I've had this happen to me a lot where I'm like messaging, and it's usually with a family member who might remain nameless and they'll be like, you know, dot, dot, dot. It's like, okay, I got to wait for the response. And it's like an hour later. It's like, where's the response? Number 10. Don't ask overly complicated questions. And now complex questions are, are fine sometimes. Uh, and some like, some people like good mental challenges. But what this means by complicated questions are those that sound like it starts as a simple single option question or a yes, no type answer. But then it has like multiple options. So it'd be like starting with, you know, the seemingly simple question of where do you want to eat and then following up with an option and then another. Those sorts of questions take a lot of process, time. Mm-hmm. And those, those, as a pastor, those come up quickly, for example, yeah. um, uh, where you have a quick yes or no question. And then it devolves into. Right. And there's so much behind that yes or no question. Yeah. So, for example, I remember one time there was a, like my first week. I got slammed because one uh, flowers. Where do you want these flowers for your ordination? You're the pastor. Where do you want them? Like I didn't care at all. Right. But uh, there are two sides. One side was going to be very upset with one of the answers, and I they said make a decision, and whatever decision I made, someone was going to be upset. Yeah. Because one pastor said the flowers have to be there. The other pastor said, uh, the flowers have to be there. And, and so this was a test. Now, which pastor are you going to be more like? And I mean, can we just split the difference, put them somewhere completely different? And you know me well enough, right? 
Rather than the flowers, what's my reaction, Peter? Why can't we all? Why? I just want everybody to be happy. <laughs> Which is a, a, something that Peter says to me in our family situations to make fun of his father. Number nine. Don't ask, what do you want to do? Which uh, open-ended questions are just always dreaded by many people. They're not always bad. But, you know, particularly for this sort of a situation with an introvert, it, it can be. Uh, and it can be even for a non-introvert. It, it's one of those kind of brain freeze moments. You know, the deer in the headlights look. And sometimes, you know, the possible reaction is that blank stare. Uh, one of the things that bugs my wife is, you know, the question when she asks, you know, what are you thinking? And the answer is nothing. Because mm-hmm. it's literally nothing. Right. And I'm a lot of that. But sometimes I'm either thinking about nothing or I'm thinking about something so stupid. That it's not worth right voicing. Yeah. Random thought, by the way. Because uh, I, you know, I have random thoughts. Um, the other, uh, when I was on going on an airplane recently... Can you explain this? Because you used to work what, with airplane on an airplane. Parts. Yeah. So the overhead bin, right? Some you know they put the small luggage in the overhead bin. Yeah. Someone put a gallon of milk in there, and I'm like, did I just see that? Anyways, continue with your list. Okay. <laughs> How did they get a gallon of milk past security? I have no idea. They put a gallon of milk in the overhead compartment. I'm just gonna. I can't explain it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. Social, There's an open yeah, question so, Yeah, so I'm not sure there is an answer for that question. It's a social experiment. That's what we'll call it. You can't even refrigerate it. Number eight. Ask what they like to do. And this is kind of a contradiction from the previous one, except it isn't. Uh, not asking whether they want to participate in something, but the act of taking, the actively taking interest in what they are interested in. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, kind of an interesting thing. So, you know, this is telling you know, an introvert that you're brave enough to let them take you on a tour of their world. Uh, this would be the place to, like, probably remember the song from Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Which is? I can't sing it. <laughs> I know that I can't sing it. <laughs> I'm not Gene Wilder. I don't, but I'm not sure what's... You what... don't know the song? If you saw it, you'd remember. You can't forget. It's like, it scars people. Number seven. Don't force them. I mean, nobody nobody likes pressure except for perhaps diamonds. And introverts tend to not like pressure at all. Um, that that's gonna be one of your challenges. That is going to be one of my challenges. I, yeah, like I, I had no, you know, no illusions about how difficult pastoral ministry is going to be with some of my personality quirks. Yeah, it's just been acute in the last couple months. Anyway, uh, yeah, being forced to talk can be can be difficult at times. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people dislike public speaking. It just doesn't for a lot of us come naturally but yeah force forcing the, pr- the you pressure know, it can, actually yeah. didn't come naturally for me yeah yeah i i may have met one person in my whole life who probably it did come naturally it does now maybe two yeah yeah it take it takes a lot of practice uh i think we we discussed that too because on campus there's the there's a public speaking group and i was actually president of it last year and anyone who would have met me five years ago would be like there's no way Right. But I also have a couple of classmates who are completely baffled. It's like, wait, he's an introvert? He's so talkative. Number six. Uh, slow down so they can interrupt. Uh, going back to the whole, you know, impa- you know, Americans being impatient. 
because of that, our culture tends to talk very fast. We talk over each other. We interrupt each other when there's something to say. You know, kind of the loudest voice wins. And if we've watched anything of the news in the last year, that's how it goes. But but if I can mention, since yes, since I I'm like the antithesis of this. Yes. And and uh, I I figure I, there's a lot you want to you want to comment on with each one of these. Well, yeah, because I interrupt. And the reason why I interrupt is I have to get a thought out before I lose it. Yeah. Or like, like kind of like when my wife has learned that if she asked me to do like one or two things on the way on my way out of the door, then I will forget my wallet or right. I won't remember to do the other things. So I, if I have a thought, I have to like get it out there. I have an intensity to feel like I need to. And it comes across interrupting because if I don't, then my yeah. brain will work on something else and move forward to something else. Yeah. And, and I don't necessarily mean that quite, although I, like I said, I, I'm because I'm the exact opposite with it. And there's been times where I've been very frustrated and kind of blurted out angrily when I'm trying to say something. And there'll be like four or five people. This happens at home a few times, actually, unfortunately. But that's children. They, they come up and it's like, oh, I have something in, or I need to ask something. And i just trying to finish one sentence. And I would say your uh, daughter is like me. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. No, what when I, what I mean by interrupt is is in the conversation sphere mostly. The 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 way that you know, we could describe conversation most people think it's like ball, it's like a tennis back forth back forth and really mm-hmm. quick. And it's not necessarily easy for, you know, someone on the introvert side of the perspective to to do that. Cuz we don't we feel that it's rude to interrupt in the same way or what we would see as interrupt. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So having, you know, I, I've, I've been told I should just get a sign that, that to hold up and be like, I have something to say <laughs> to like have a visual cue. It's like, Hey, look, I want to be part of the conversation. I don't, I don't know how to jump in. And, and my, my, I'm like, when that happens, I, I'm like with children, how I like to finish what they're saying. Cause I get impatient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I notice it most actually with when Berg is on and he's on a roll. And there's something where it's like, hey, I've got something I could say here. But either one, I can see he's going to get there himself, or two, he's moving fast enough that by the time I would insert it, we're, we're like 10 minutes later. And I would argue Berg is, I think, the most impossible person to interrupt I think I've ever met. Yes. Not in a bad way. It's just no, he, not does, in a bad he gets way. trucking and then... Yeah, once he's on a roll, you don't stop him until you, he yeah, stops. And you don't want to step in front of that journey. Right, no. yeah. No, no. And, that, and that's why and that's why I would say, you know, f- from my perspective, it always feels rude to interrupt because like, yeah, I'd have a point that'd be interesting to say, but he's got this. It, I don't want to throw him off. Number five. Don't assume they are rude. Uh, that's that's one stereotype I did. I do remember running into the idea that, you know, being an introvert, oh, you're just rude or you're being reclusive or you don't like social interactions. You know, they don't want to talk uh, when it's very intense, like it's avoiding eye contact even, which I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I find I find that yeah. So that that would be one of those things where, as a pastor, you're gonna have to say I think yes. Say yeah. You're I, gonna have to point out that I'm not yeah. It may come across yeah that I, yeah. I'm gonna have a very very long detailed and vulnerable you know announcement at that first church service that I actually met, admitting it's like here here are, here are my struggles. Please please forgive me ahead of time, <laughs> and know that I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't know how to talk to you yet. 
because you know it's it's not you know just being the shy quiet type that the stereotype is isn't rude it's just you know you know that we appreciate time apart from groups of people mm-hmm. you know the the whole recharge idea that because social interactions are exhausting but i think for a lot of people that probably is the case like we're we're opposite personalities but i think we were both completely wiped out on easter yeah i'm, yeah. I'm wiped out after an afternoon of visits yeah number four uh, no sudden movements. And I don't necessarily mean the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, although that's still good advice, uh, but rather the, the idea of springing something on them. Now, I mean, if it's requiring a rapid change of plans, it's going to be likely meeting that deer in the headlights look, which we don't really want. By, by the way, have you noticed that I'm well aware of this for you? Yes. And yet, <laughs> what? <laughs> I still do it? Yes. Because... There are times, yeah, and that's because I'm, I'm pushing, and that is the po- and that's part of my point too. Yeah, that there are times where it's required, and there's certain t- you know tasks and vocations where it is necessary, and it's a skill that you know to poke on to poke on the other side to poke at the introvert. Yes, they need to learn it, and it needs to be cultivated. It, but because because it, it's funny, you know the the dearing moments. Yes. that sigh. That's the same reaction when I say something like, "Hey, Vicar, that's can what you close it was. the meeting with a prayer?" Yeah, yeah, and that. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what it was. But in terms of like the social world, like interacting with mm-hmm. them, you know, the the kind of like a like if someone were to come by the office, poke their head in and say, "Hey, we're all going to go and do this in 5 minutes." You're in? I'd be completely you know, thrown for like the mm-hmm. next hour. You know, that right. that's that sort of thing. I there are there are times where suddenly everything has to shift. You know, we we had we've had a few of those instances already. With with visit related stuff too, right. so yeah, someone's dying. You need yeah. to go see him, and it and it is a skill set that needs to be cultivated and is very important and appropriate, especially for the pastoral role. Right, but in, but like I said, in terms of the social interaction stuff, right. that that one's a little more. And I'm all about the adventure. I'm like, there. I'm there, the fi- oh, and let's there, go. And there are times that spon- spontaneous <laughs> action is fine. I think the biggest yeah. uh, the biggest example of that is uh, the time you and I ended up buying tickets the day before the. Uh, Iowa State Championship game. Have, have, we, yeah. have I much talked about that on the podcast? I don't remember. Vicar, do you know about this? I, I don't, but I'm wondering, did you at least get good seats? Uh, yes. Yeah. We wound up with good seats. Okay. <laughs> we don't need to get into that part. Uh, just curious. Oh, just curious. Can I tell a life hack? Okay, go ahead. So the life hack is, do you know how they you can go on an app like and buy tickets? Yeah. Right? So... When you're in the arena, and they they sell tickets, you can buy tickets for specific seats up until half like time. after the fir- halftime. Okay. So you can go on an app and say, "Oh, these tickets are still for sale," meaning no one's in those seats. Ah. So we had what okay happened? seats, and then we got we got and then a little and then seats. happened to find better seats. Right. Yeah. Because they hadn't been sold yet, but yeah. and at that point, for the they listener, might not have been. Uh, this was my idea. So we're sitting in the seats, and my dear father. Anytime anybody walked down the, it was right in like the middle of two aisles. <laughs> anytime anybody walked down the aisle at any point, he would half stand up, thinking he has to get out of the way because it's their seat that he's sitting in. Every time somebody walked out, oh, should I get up? Is this, am I in the way? Is this somebody else's seat? 
every time. It was pretty funny. He was like, relax. Yeah. Relax, Dad. He's playing musical chairs over here. What are they going to do if it was? Yeah. Yeah, what are they going to do? So, hey, you're in my seat. So, oh, so sorry, we were watching the, the game, the basketball game yeah. on TV. We were watching the semifinals. The semifinals. And they're... So they're going. They won. They're going to the championship game. Yeah, and Peter said, "Hey, it's in Kansas City. Let's go!" Like, and within five minutes, kind of like within five minutes, he has the off the collar podcast dot com. Yeah, he had tickets to the game, and that one, that one was the the great one. That was, uh, you want to go? That, what? Yeah, you want to go? I mean, are you real? Are you serious? Yeah, sure. You want to go? I'll buy. I can buy tickets right now. He said, "Yeah, we can do that." Bought the tickets, and then you said. Uh, we should probably ask mom. And I said, well, you know, I have the tickets. So <laughs> then we like awkwardly walked into the room mom was in and said, so, hey, <laughs> about tomorrow. <laughs> and they won. Yeah, they won. Isn't that the isn't that the better to ask forgiveness or to beg forgiveness than ask permission? <laughs> That's right. Number three. Uh, don't mistake solitude for loneliness. I mean, this is probably the, the one that most people are familiar with that. Uh, you know, the, the stereotype that introverts prefer having alone time instead of being part of a group. Uh, that desire for solitude doesn't mean they're lonely. Uh, so if they do have that time, you know, try not to interrupt it, you know, with and pressure them to, you know, to go out to be sociable. You know, obviously this is all angled at social interaction. This isn't necessarily job-related stuff because, you know, especially if you think of pastoral ministry, there are going to be times where, oh, this is the day off. Yes, and someone needs you to go to the hospital right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, uh, I, I could compare it with like unplugging someone's phone that's just nearly out of power and then expecting them to work all day without any any battery life. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work too well. I, th- I think you might have experienced that actually, yeah. right? <laughs> Literally the battery dead. Right. <laughs> Number two. So we've got the flip side of that. Uh, don't assume they are not lonely. Uh, since introverts enjoy solitude, people sometimes very wrongly assume that they enjoy being alone. And it's actually kind of the exact opposite. Uh, introverts, just like any other member of, of humanity, enjoy being around their own kind, you know, their own people. So as I've got here, uh, if, you've, if you have been adopted into the pod or flock of an introvert, consider yourself special. Not many are granted such an honor. Uh, so it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that introverts don't have, yeah, the introverts do have people they want to be around. They've got their group. And, but well, it, and it means if they're separated from that, they are lonely. And, and it, what I find interesting about you is, is you love your chaotic house home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, a, there was a week where they all went visit, to visit family and I was still here and it was too quiet. It was too quiet in the house. And you, you married someone who is... Very talkative. Very talkative. Very talkative, yeah. And, and, I will, and I will be completely honest. I miss being on campus because of the group. I miss being able to interact with, with my class. But I also really enjoy being able to just have time where it's just me. Mm-hmm. And number one. Uh, don't make them repeat explanations. Uh, the reason this is number one is I've actually had to work through this one quite a bit with a few different people. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the struggles that non-introverts have with understanding the introvert revolve around communication. You know, that's understandable. This is how we interact with each other. Uh, but knowing how to articulate clearly isn't, it, you know, is, but, but while knowing how to articulate clearly is necessary, the task of listening is also important, sometimes even more so. Uh, so this really shouldn't come as a surprise that having to say something again can be very frustrating for the introvert. 
uh, this isn't necessarily repeating, say, uh, instructions that were missed or some information where it's like, oh, I, you know, I wasn't there for that or I wasn't listening quite, but just conversational information. You know, this is, I think, part of why a lot of introverts don't like chit chat type small talk. It's repetitive conversations that that's they they sometimes tend to become just the same conversation over and over. Mm-hmm. That circular discussion where it's idle talk and doesn't really move much beyond, and you kind of forget it once you're done. Uh, and the opposite can be then the struggle as well. So if an introvert sharing something, it probably means it's something really important if they've taken the time to formulate the comment, think about it, and then actually say it. So then having to say it again would imply to them that, oh, you don't care, which isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, thankfully, uh, m- a lot of introverts are by nature introspective, which means that they're going to be you know, rather patient and long-suffering and usually are good at reading people. Not always. If we, we screw that up, too. So they're usually understanding, and I was like, okay, I can, I can work this again. Mm-hmm. But because of that, they also tend to have a short fuse. I've I found myself that I probably get angrier quicker because of that than, say, my wife, who is a very feisty, extroverted Irish woman. Mm-hmm. But like I said, in regards to those things that are supposed that would be deemed important, mm-hmm. the idea that you know it's like if this was important, then I shouldn't have to again. And then that adds to the frustration. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing if I go much further in this topic, I'm probably gonna dive back into territory we've been over and actually cleared before already. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, there could easily be more than 12 of these. I have no doubt that everyone's got their opinion on it. Well, that's been interesting. So not a lot of theology today, except for, well, yeah, you know, but except for, I think there is something to be said about uh, modeling exactly what Jesus talks about yeah. of, so, of, uh, of talking with your brother. Yeah. So a more practical one than some of them lately. Sure. Because we've had, we've had more, more theory than, than practice. So, uh, next time we'll have Berg back. Yeah. And, uh, I think this is a good place to end. Sure. So, uh, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. And may your... <laughs> Can I just, instead of doing a, a mayor, can I just play Vicar's Sigh again? If you leave the explanation right before, sure. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.